Welcome to episode 85 of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellet. Before we begin with this week's incredible guest, I want to issue a severe trigger warning for self-harm. If mentions of suicide and suicidal ideation bother you, I'd strongly suggest bypassing this episode. No worries though, we'll pick up next week. I've also linked the suicide prevention hotline and additional resources in the show notes. For those wishing to continue, this is the story of Skylar Debris. Debris grew up in Fairhaven, New Jersey. After playing on a stellar club team through middle and high school, Debris began receiving correspondence from Division I women's soccer programs. They needed center backs and were impressed. Debris' club coach forwarded her information to college coaches, and soon, the sophomore was fielding responses from her dream schools. Debris narrowed her scope to the University of Virginia, Duke University, and Penn State. They were all great schools, but at the kind of final decision maker was at Robbie Church, the head coach of Duke One Soccer, was just an incredible uh, salesperson, I guess. And salesperson makes it seem like it's disingenuous, but uh, like he's just a, a fantastic guy and it's easy to say, yes, I trust. Um, I trust you to be a leader for me in the next four years and be a good person um, and surround me with other good teammates. So that's essentially what I decided to do. And I verbally committed uh, in my sophomore year. I like that he didn't just talk about athletics, that he also talked about the importance of academics and having a social life and making sure that you're a well-rounded person who's gonna love their college experience holistically. I did also like the fact that he was like, we're like, we want to win a national championship here, you know, like that was part of it too, but it wasn't the sole focus. He was also, you know, very clear about highlighting the academic resources that I would have, the free tutoring I would get, the um, different majors that I was interested in. Um, and it felt like he respected me and saw me as more than a soccer player, which just made me trust him a bit more. He talked very highly about the rest of his coaching staff, and it seemed like they had a great dynamic. He was, when we were walking on campus on the tour, I remember there were so many current players at Duke who would run up and be like, Bobby, what's up? Like, how are you? You know, just so energetic and genuinely happy to see him. Um, and so it wasn't necessarily a lot of what he said, but just the way that other people in the Duke soccer bubble interacted with him when I was there, it just became very clear that he was a good guy and someone that's still respected. And uh, he just created a community of people that I could see myself in. Debris had her sights set on joining the Duke women's soccer team and the feelings were mutual. Immediately upon stepping foot in Durham, North Carolina, Debris was among a freshman class intent on starting. She started all 18 games of that 2014 season, and the defense recorded six clean sheets. I was recruited pretty highly, but there were other big stars in our class. I mean, um, Amani Dorsey is like currently getting called into U.S. national team camps and still plays in Nando and 
she was on the team. Our goalkeeper, Abby Pine, was the top goalkeeper in the nation. Morgan Reed, top defender in the nation. Ash Miller, top midfielder in the nation. So, you know, like I was just surrounded by these girls who just had the crazy accolades. Um, and I think my club coach coming in had been so good about just teaching us the details and teaching us how to be good soccer players as a whole and not like, this is how you're a good defender or whatever position you are. It's so interesting because like our freshman year, we actually didn't have a great team culture, I would say. We wound up not making the NCAA tournament even. And then our spring, uh, my freshman spring, the team came together. The juniors at the time who were going to be rising seniors came together and they're like, all right, we all recognize that the culture wasn't what it should have been and we need to make changes. Like, what do we think needs to change? And also we did um, some pretty significant team bonding exercises where we had everyone in the room and everyone had to say um, like one thing that was a high of the season and then one thing that they really struggled with. And I think it was like a three to four hour meeting. Um, and that kind of set the stage. Like that junior class, we then became our seniors for my sophomore year. They were very tight knit um, and they were very devoted to the team well-being and they were very intentional about creating culture. Uh, and that year we went to the national championship and we had no business being there. Like we just had, you know, um, like still a very young team and our senior class, a lot of them had had career ending injuries. So a lot of them weren't on the field and yet they were the most incredible leaders. The summer between her freshman and sophomore seasons, Debris was selected to play on the Washington Spirits summer team. She played 10 games with the squad, culminating in a W League title in the league's final season. That team was super stacked. It was so fun. Like we had Andy Sullivan, Carson Pickett, um, two girls who are on the, like, in and out of the full team now. Andy's pretty consistent, but yeah. Midge first, Imani Dorsey. Again, it was just so stacked. It was such a fun summer, but that was my first kind of introduction to the spirit. And then our coach of that summer league team, um, her name is KJ. She was also involved with the full team. And by my senior year, when the draft came around, um, I think, yeah, she was still involved with the spirit. And I have no doubt that she was probably someone who had my back in meetings when they were discussing drafting me. So. Uh, yeah, they wound up drafting me in the 2018 draft for the NBFL. Debris tore her left ACL during her sophomore season. Equipped with Duke Athletics medical staff, the strenuous rehab process ahead of her junior season was a mere blip on the radar, a speed bump on the way to playing in the National Women's Soccer League. Debris finished her career with the Blue Devils with 75 games started. The Duke back line secured a program record 18 shutouts during her senior season, a season that culminated in the program's fourth Women's College Cup final appearance. Debris left college as the ACC Defender of the Year. She was in contact with three NWSL teams ahead of the 2018 draft, one of which was the Washington Spirit. The draft itself was a ton of fun. Uh, me and my whole class pretty much, we went to Philadelphia to the convention center where they hosted it. And we were all with each other when, you know, our names got called and went up there, gave a little mini speech and it felt, it was nice. It was one of the first years where the NWSL draft 
looked like a real professional athlete event. I saw some pictures of even a draft two years earlier. It was like, let's say 30 people in a high school classroom, you know, um, that might be exaggerating, but you know what I mean? Like the, the difference. Um, and again, even more recently, the investment that has gone into women's soccer in the U.S. is really exciting. And uh, specifically the NBSL is just it's starting to do things right, I would say. And like the two new California teams are doing a great job. But anyways, that was like one of the first years where the NBSL draft felt like a true event. And we all was like, we were like, oh, wow, like we're, we're professional athletes. Like this is cool. The organization selected Debris with the draft's 11th pick, and she was ecstatic. She became Skylar Debris, professional soccer player. But she quickly encountered a roadblock. At the time that I graduated and got drafted, most people, if you were really committed to playing in the NWSL, you were supposed to graduate a semester early and miss your senior spring and go start playing. I didn't want to do that because I was like, I want to play soccer, but I also don't see myself playing for more than like three years, maybe. It just wasn't a priority. I would much rather enjoy my senior spring. So I like went and trained with the team over spring break and stuff. And then once I graduated, I went up and joined the team midway through the season. And so because of that, the coaches were like, we're not going to give you a contract yet. You're going to have to come in and try to earn the contract mid-season, which is totally reasonable. Um, and I did that, showed up, played for about a month, earned a temporary contract. Um, and I kind of thought, okay, like once this temporary contract's over, then I'll hopefully have a meeting with the coach and we'll figure out whether or not I'll get a full, full contract. Well, um, the temporary contract ended and also you make like a thousand dollars in that contract. So like back when I was playing at this time and before this, girls would make like a thousand dollars a month on a temporary contract that's it, like no real benefits or anything. And they would just keep doing that and keep grinding. She found herself unfulfilled with the experience in the NWSL and decided to put a concerted effort into seeking playing time with a club overseas. My best friend from college, Ashton Miller, she had been talking to a team in the Czech Republic that one of my other best friends, who was the year above us, Lizzie Raven, she had just finished playing in the Czech Republic with this team. And she'd kind of vetted it and said, yes, like it checks a lot of boxes. Um, the team's name is AC Sparta. And so I was like, you know what? I want to do that. So I reached out to them, talked to the manager and the player manager, and they offered me a contract. So then I told the spirit, I was like, all right, I'm going. Debris couldn't speak Czech when she arrived in Prague to play with AC Sparta. English wasn't the predominant language, and doubt nodded Debris when she saw the inequities of Czech pro sports. Was this the right choice? I got over to the Czech Republic with my best friend from college and we were like, we don't know what we're doing here, but we found an apartment in the city and the, it was just, it was an amazing experience. Um, it was, the soccer was less professional than it was at Duke in a lot of ways. We, the individual girls, individual players were incredibly talented. However, the facilities and the training organization uh, wasn't 
wasn't as good as Duke was and we were getting paid next to nothing. But we were just, you know, like getting paid to live abroad and have a great time. So it was it was a lot of fun. Debris had to figure out how to assimilate into the Czech Republic lifestyle and the language. And she was confronted by hurdles at every step. The pro sports standard fell far below what Debris had been accustomed to from a Division I institution. Even though the quality of the players was incredible, certain aspects of the athletic environment severely underwhelmed. Our athletic trainer was more of just like a masseuse. Like he couldn't like take things or um, do like moves or I don't, uh, a lot of kind of the treatment that I was used to at Duke. He would more so just do manual massage, which was great, but that was it. And then we had a few doctors who would like pop in and out, but um, something had to be very wrong for you to see them. And we had a strength trainer who was great, um, but they wouldn't really let us work with him. For instance, in the Czech Republic, like people still thought that women shouldn't be lifting. Um, that was kind of a common belief that people had is that, you know, like if women lift, they'll get injured which was infuriating. Um, so it was it was very, very different. It felt like it was like a lack of respect because, you know, the men's AC Sparta team, their stadium is completely filled. And we were playing really high level soccer. Like the soccer we were playing was good soccer a lot of the time. Um, and yeah, we had tons of people there. So it's just, it's, it's, it was a consistent reminder of the sexism that was in your face in the Czech Republic. While Debris was playing on Czech soil, the American national team still had their eyes on her. The NWSL wanted her back. That interest was more than sufficient to warrant Debris' return stateside, this time as a member of the OL Reign. She signed a year and a half contract with the Tacoma Washington-based team, but once again, her path in the NWSL began halfway through the season effectively precluding her from serious consideration. That was the beginning of the end. Like I was feeling not great mentally, um, especially about my soccer because I came into the rain. It was the first time in my life that I was really like the bottom five players. And in the end of the cell, it's very apparent who those people are because, um, at least in the coach's eyes, because People don't even, like, usually the NHL team carry a roster that is a few people over what is allowed on the bench for game days. So on game days, let's say, like, three to six people, depending on how many people you have, will be sitting in the stands watching the game, not not put a jersey on, like, not be a part of any of the game day festivities. So I was in that role every single game that I was a part of for the first month and a half in Seattle. And actually, I, I did travel on one trip at, towards the end, um, but that was when a few girls were gone for their national team duty. So then it's like easier to make the roster. But anyways, like was just not feeling confident about my soccer and had a lot of self-doubt about who I was as a player, whether I could make it in the NWSL. Like, I, and then I was doubting my mental strength kind of like laid on top of that like thinking about your thoughts type situation so um went out to this u23 camp and just felt like i was 
uh, terrified of playing, like was just so unconfident, did not want to be on the field. When I stepped on the field, I felt like I was so in my own head that I could barely move or it's just like my body was, you know, disconnected from my mind and did not feel confident. Debris constantly compared her skills to others, and self-doubt loomed large and dark in the back of her mind. It was only a matter of time until it caught up to her. I kind of like slowly just stopped functioning very well day to day. Like I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't really eating. I um, had my intrusive thoughts became so intense that I was like distracted all the time. I couldn't pay attention in training. and. By then, the intrusive thoughts were focused. It was all suicidal ideation. And it was the first time I experienced that. I had a, like two to three conversations with people that I trusted a lot where I expressed that I was having really intense self-doubt, but I couldn't articulate the nature of the intrusive thoughts um, and how intense they were and how constant and did not say that they were like suicidal in nature. Um, and then it wasn't until I felt like really, really, really bad that I finally um, talked to my mom and did explicitly say like, I'm having intrusive thoughts about suicide and like, I'm worried I might take my life. This was in September. Still a month remained in the season and Debris had no motivation to compete. My dad was like, I'm going to fly out to Seattle and come get you. And I think you should tell your coach that you are going to leave the team. And I was like, yes, that is what I need to do. But it was just this like constant, constant narrative in my head that felt very loud. That just was me telling myself, you are incredibly weak. You can't function you need to kill yourself immediately. And this example A, example B, example C, and um, you're gonna, like, your parents are gonna be horrified. You're such a terrible person. Like it just went on and on and on. And I feel bad like expressing more of it. Like part of me wants to, because I think it's helpful to try to un like, try to articulate all the ways that I was being terrible to myself because I know that other people might be having intrusive thoughts right now about certain things and resonating with someone who has had a similar experience can be super powerful but I also know that it can be very painful to hear someone say something that you're experiencing but anyways I will err on the side of like not saying all the terrible things I was telling myself in that time period but yeah like that that was I hope that can give people at least some idea of what the experience was like. Debris went home to New Jersey, but being apart from competitive soccer didn't solve the problem like a light switch. Her life became repetitive. Wake up, eat breakfast, lay on the couch, eat dinner, go to sleep, repeat. An unintended consequence of being back in the safety of her support system was just that. She watched the toll that her mental turmoil had on her parents, and it only served to create more suffering. She needed external assistance, a way to focus her thoughts on positivity, to rewire her brain. She found just that by returning to North Carolina, this time to Chapel Hill to live for a time with her uncle. That says nothing about my, my parents are 
two of the most incredible people I know. I love them so much. They have been the most incredible support system. But in that stage of my mental health story, like I was just too far gone for them to help. And if anything, I was just, when I saw them, they were a reminder of um, the pain that I was causing and the people who loved me that I was going to cause even more pain to if I, and like at that point, my mentality was like, I hope that I have the strength to take my life soon. And like, I'm gonna just completely destroy my parents and there they are. Debris' uncle, a computer scientist, taught her how to code during those five months. Computer code acted as a muse for her focus. There was a visual result for her hard work. She dove into the world of coding headfirst as it granted a welcome reprieve. I needed a task that definitely had a solution and the solution was a little bit more clear cut and could be validated. You know, like I could build something and then test it and see with my own eyes that it was working pretty quickly. Even to this day, I struggle with problem solving that's really open-ended and there feels like there are infinite solutions and infinite ways to approach the task. I tend to get completely frozen by that, which is not what I needed. Um, so yeah, computer science was really, really good in that way. And having my uncle there also to be able to say, these are two ways that I would suggest approaching this problem. You know, like giving me some direction was really important. Her uncle had dealt with his own mental health struggles and Debris felt comfortable in his care. She had tasks to fixate on and the intrusive thoughts fell by the wayside. This is when the cognitive reframing began. Debris spent time breaking down her inherent need to set and achieve goals. At her uncle's home, there were no goals to be set, nothing to achieve. It was calm and peaceful, a true oasis where time and accomplishments didn't matter. She wasn't working to win a starting spot, and for the first time since middle school, her happiness wasn't tied to success on the field. I think that having a physical goal versus a more intellectual goal is definitely different. Um, I could not agree more that the like physical athletic goals that I had in soccer and what I perceived as success in soccer was like a massive part of me becoming mentally unhealthy. Um, and honestly, at the point that I was coding and wound up getting into grad school, like that, that those goals were important without a doubt and having purpose and having a sense of like, I, there's a reason for me to be alive day to day. Like it was important. I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. That's such a good question. Like what the difference was there, but I would say that now I don't have many goals at all outside of being, um, you know, like at present and kind and loving to my friends and family and helping my community when I can. Um, it, you know, it's like very intangible there. I haven't sat down and be like, okay, goal number one is to get a promotion at job at this time or to be studying this in five years. Like I've had to at work, they like make you do those things now that I'm in, you know, somewhat corporate, not corporate. I work for a nonprofit, but 
um, you know, like they do, I do practice like, okay, what are your professional development goals? But it, there aren't many of those that I feel that bought into. Like I'll do it, I'll think about it, but um, it's just not as important to me. And I do think a big part of that is because I've now seen multiple times that if I set these goals and put a really, really heavy weight on them and associate my sense of worth with them, it doesn't end well. I'm not going to set a goal just for the sake of having one and pretending like reaching goals is what success should be. Cleansing her process of goal acquisition stressors freed her mind. Five months into this cleanse, Debris felt mentally and physically strong enough to join a soccer team. She longed to be back and to find her purpose on the pitch. Like that sense of purpose kind of started to pull me out of my depression. I think also the medication I was on was working and I started to feel good again and started to enjoy life and then started to pick up soccer and really enjoyed that. And, and then I was probably on those antidepressants a little bit too long and it sent me into a more manic phase where I was incredibly energized, working out a ton. Like I would go for a run in the morning, go and like play tennis after that and then want to go and play spike ball and then skate around Chapel Hill that evening. Like just so much energy. Like I just felt like I had to move. Um, and that definitely put me back into better shape and I was playing soccer so much and really loving it and so excited about it. Just like I've always loved pickup and I was playing with a really good group of people that were very kind, very good at soccer, like it's a great level. Um, and I kind of, I was like, you know, like, wow, I feel really good actually. I, I wonder if I could play again. So back she went to professional soccer, this time with the North Carolina Courage, hoping that this time would yield a different result. But healing doesn't always work like that. I think the coaches kind of hoped that, you know, I would keep training well and keep growing and stay in the mix. Um, and that's kind of what I had had a feeling would happen as well. And I forget exactly when it started to happen, but basically started to have intrusive thoughts again. Um, within, I don't know, let's say like two months of the season starting, probably less. Oh no, less. If we're from the start of the regular season, probably like a month into it, let's say. Who knows? Um, pretty quickly, yeah. Like started to have those negative intrusive thoughts. I was like, oh no, here we here we go again. It was like mild at first. Um, reached out to my psychiatrist, got on medication, like you know, did, tried to be diligent about it and all that, but um, again, got to a place where like mid season. Um, every single day, all I could think about was, again, the suicidal ideation and basically was in, not the same, but a very, very similar spot to where I was in Seattle. What she'd assumed was the love of her life had proven time and time again to be the trigger of her darkest thoughts. Her relationship with soccer would take significantly longer to mend. She signed with the courage in March of 2021, and by November, she'd retired from soccer for the final time. 
it would never hold the same impact it had when she was 14, 15, 21 years old. With her renewed mindset came a reinvention of the role that soccer would play in the rest of her life. She entered a phase of her life that she intended to celebrate. Her life, with or without soccer, was worth celebrating. And it was time she sat down and intentionally made choices that prioritized that. She joined the Mental Matchup podcast, a storytelling forum that facilitated platforms for athletes voicing their struggles and coming to terms with their lives outside of sports. This is where she redefined her purpose. Sharing her tumultuous relationship with her sport and those of others served to circle debris with voices that shared her passion for advocacy. So I first got involved when I came out of my first depressive episode when I had this intense feeling of like, holy shit, life is beautiful and I can't believe that I went eight months wanting to end my life and I had such an incredible support system. I'm like, there must be other people. I, I know that there are other people who have similar experiences and don't have the support system and they're either not here today anymore or their life has been completely derailed in some way you know like so i was just kind of blown away and wanted to get involved somehow in like sharing my story because i didn't even know that that is what depression could look like like i think at times we talk about like oh mental health depression is a thing anxiety is a thing it exists but there isn't in the past, there hasn't been much conversation about like, this is what it looks like day to day. Like, this is what it feels like to be depressed. This is the symptoms. Like if someone is acting like this, they might be depressed. Like more of those kind of tangible things, like there there just wasn't enough of it when I was growing up. Um, I think it's gotten a lot better. It's not just me, right? And that's step one. If that's all we do, amazing. And then if that also can push them to talk to someone about it, normalize it so they can then go see a therapist, normalize medication so they can get some additional help, like all of those things I just think is so important. So we've had some amazing guests on and have been able to share some diverse stories and sounds like very, yeah, similar to what you're doing here, like very yeah. diverse sports and diverse, diverse experiences and hope that like just sharing that with people can can help them. Is something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human in this world going through a hard time, therapy can give you the tools to approach your life in a positive way. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. This is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with a therapist. If this sounds like something that could help you, there's a link in the show notes to get you started on your therapy journey. Clicking that link helps support this podcast, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. Because finding a therapist is a little like dating. If you don't really fit with a the therapist matched with you, 
it's easy and free to switch therapists without stressing about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. Click the link in the show notes or visit betterhelp.com forward slash closer mentality. That's betterhelp.com forward slash closer mentality. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Did you know that you can purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore? With Libro FM, you can pick from more than 325,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from real booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports your local community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to squeeze more reading into your busy life. Listen with the free Libro FM app while you do chores, walk the dog, or relax at home. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations from the people who know best, booksellers. Closer Mentality has partnered with Libro FM on a special offer. Through the link in the show notes, you can get two audiobooks on Libro FM for the price of one with your first month of membership. Thanks to Libro FM for sponsoring this podcast. Are you an athlete rehabbing from an injury? Are you a coach or athletic trainer seeking additional support for your injured athlete toolkits? KT Tape has exactly what you need. KT Tape is a rehabilitation tape that helps stabilize and compress sensitive areas of the body during exercise. Apply KT Tape to an area either in pain or in recovery and feel the difference. KT Tape is comfortable, stable, and long-wearing. There's tape for all modes of action, from gentle, which is safe for easy activity and everyday use, to pro-extreme, for athletes in moderate to high-impact exercise. KT Tape makes water-resistant tape as well, for more adaptable rehabilitation implementation. KT Tape caters to lifelong athletes and focuses on reducing muscle soreness for all users when worn during exercise and up to 48 hours post. If you feel like you or your athletic department could use KT Tape, go to the link in the show notes. The links to BetterHelp.com, Libro FM, and KT Tape are all down in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to Skylar Debris' story and episode 85 of Closer Mentality. I've linked all applicable mental health resources, as well as the link to watch Skylar and I's full interview on the Closer Mentality Uncensored YouTube channel in the show notes. You can also find additional content on our social media accounts at Closer Mental on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. As always, I'm your host, Julia Mellett. See you next week.